The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, Book 10, Chapter 30. And I read this in the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday under the August 31st entry. Uh, I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> uh, and uh, his translation reads as follows. Whenever you take offense at someone's wrongdoing, immediately turn to your own similar failings, such as seeing money as good or pleasure or a little fame, whatever form it takes. By thinking on this, you'll quickly forget your anger, considering also what compels them. For what else could they do? Or if you are able, remove their compulsion. Okay, now, plain shot, simple meaning here, is he's talking about how to deal with or react to other people's wrongdoings. And basically, you have to recognize that this person is only acting on what they think is good. And you yourself do that. You pursue what you think is good. And sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. But you can't really fault someone for pursuing what they think to be good. You know, people make mistakes. Now, again, this is not absolving uh, all people from from all bad things that they do, but he's trying to give you a perspective to be able to have compassion on the other person or to realize that it's not out of malice, or even if it is out of malice that they, that they did wrong to you, then the malice is something that is misguided, that they think that acting maliciously is a good, and they're mistaken. So, so really, this is about how to deal with other people. But that's not why I'm talking about it today. I read this this morning, and it answered a question that I've had for a long time on vidui, on the formula we use to confess our sins to Hashem. Um, and I think the reason why I associated it to that is because this morning I also read uh, my the best answer I had read up until then, which is from the Rav, from Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik. So I'd like to just talk through that and see where it leads. So let's start off with the basic sources. Uh, we're going to begin in the Rambam in Hilchos Teshuva. One one the laws of repentance. Kol hamitzvos shabatora all of the commandments of the Torah. Bein ase bein lotase whether positive or negative. Im avar adam al achas mehen if a person violated one of them. Bein bezadon bein mishkaga whether intentionally or unintentionally. Okay, meaning intentionally meaning that you know that it's wrong, you know that it's prohibited, and you do it anyway. Unintentionally would mean that either you don't know that it's prohibited, or you don't realize that you're doing the prohibited thing, or you forgot. Uh, so whether you violated it intentionally or unintentionally, a person is obligated to return, sorry, when a person does teshuva and returns from his sin, he is obligated to confess before God, blessed is he. Shinemar, as it is stated in Bamidbar 5, uh, 6 through 7, Ish o Isha, a man or a woman, ki yasu mikol adam, when they do any of the sins of man, limul mal badashem to commit treachery against Hashem, the ashema hanefeshahi, that soul will become guilty. asher asu, they shall confess the sin that they did. Ramam says ze This is a verbal confession. and this confession is a positive commandment. Okay, now the Rambam says what you're supposed to say when you confess. How does one confess? Omer, he says, Ana Hashem, I beseech you Hashem, Chatasi avisi pashati lefanacha. I have, 
and these are three words for sin. Okay, we're going to go into that in a second. I have sinned in a manner of hate, I've sinned in a manner of avon, and I've sinned in a manner of pesha before you. Vasisi and I've done such and such, and that's when you specify your sin. And I am I have, I regret and I'm ashamed of my actions. And I will never go back to this. Uh, I will not return to this thing again. This is the root or the essence of vidui. And the more a person elaborates. Uh, uh, on this, uh, or in- increases on this and, and elaborates, uh, then the more praiseworthy they are. Okay, so the question really stems from the three words that are used for sin. Okay, chatasi comes from the root chet uh, tet aleph, uh, which means to sin, but it also means to miss a target. Okay, like if you're firing an arrow and you miss, um, then that would be uh, the verb that you would use would be chet uh, tet aleph. Okay, so Usually, chatasi has the implication of sinning unintentionally, shogeg, okay, shkaga, unintentional sin. Avisi I ha- uh, comes from the root of ayin vav nun, um, or sorry, ayin vav tav, uh, which m- usually carries the implication of intentional sins. And then pashati, I have... Uh, I have offended, uh, I guess might be the, or I've rebelled, has the connotation of of rebellious sin. So essentially what you're saying when you confess is, uh, I beseech you, Hashem, I have sinned unintentionally, I have sinned intentionally, and I've sinned rebelliously. Okay. Um, so the question, and I, this question was first raised by the author of the Kuntris, of Lemiktach Ulemichros B'Mishnah Torah Rambam. That's the first place I saw it. He's, uh, the, the, the author of the Kuntris says, why is it that Every time we do vidui, any time we confess any sin, then we mention all three. Okay, really, what you should do is you should only mention the category of sin that you actually committed. So let's say, for example, I accidentally turn on the light on Shabbos because I forgot that it was Shabbos. So I should say, chatasi. I should say, I sinned unintentionally. Why am I also saying I sinned intentionally and rebelliously? Okay, or if you, let's say you, uh, you decide to go and knowingly eat a cheeseburger, okay, and then it comes time to do tshuva and you say you're vidui, why would you say chatasi? Why would you say I sinned unintentionally? That was totally an intentional act, you know? So the question is, why do you use all three terms in each, uh, in each, um, in each confession, okay? So the, the author of the Kuntras has an answer on this, and it's a good answer, but it requires an entire sheer about the nature of vidui, which essentially uh, amounts to the concept that when you say vidui, the vidui is really not only the capstone for your teshuva process, but it is also an articulation of fundamental ideas about sin and teshuva. And so you're, you're, uh, you're articulating, um, uh, you know, a concept that, that, uh, that references all three types of sin. Okay. I'm not going to try to, uh, summarize the sheer here. Uh, you'll have to look at that your, on your own. Okay. But an idea that I found that I really liked was from the Rav, from Rav Solveitchik. Uh, and uh, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik. And this is summarized and printed in the Art Scroll Rav Machzor for Yom HaKippurim on page 111. Okay, I don't remember offhand who uh, who uh, wrote the uh, these summaries or these com- this digest of commentaries, but the source that the, the, the footnote ascribes this to is, the, is Teshuvah Lecture 1967. Okay, so I'm just going to read from the Siddur. Okay, and this is on... 
a phrase in the tefillah of Yom Kippur that says, You, God, investigate all the innermost uh, chambers of one's uh, belly and you uh, you test uh, thoughts and uh, and the mind. Uh, da, 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 and so too may be your will. Da, 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 uh, that you forgive us for all of our chataim, all of our unintentional sins. And you pardon us for all of our uh, iniquities, for all of our intentional sins. And you atone for us, provide atonement for us on all of our rebellious sins. Okay? So, the commentary here says, why is there a juxtaposition here of Hashem's omniscience and the forgiveness of sin? The Gemara in Yuma 35b explains that chit is a sin that is accidental, avon is a purposeful sin, while pasha is a sin motivated by defiance. On his own, a person is unable to classify his sins under any of these categories. The Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva 3.2 explains that the severity of any individual's sin can be assured only by God himself. A person can sometimes feel that he committed a sin unintentionally, when in reality the sin is considered as having been committed intentionally. On the other hand, a seemingly intentional sin may sometimes be considered unintentional. The Rav told a story about a congregant of his who had sent his daughter to an Ivy League college, allowing her to live in the dormitory, quote, so that she could fully experience campus life, end quote. Unfortunately, this daughter later married a non-Jew whom she met there. The father rent his clothing in anguish. This certainly was not an outcome that he had anticipated. Yet in God's eyes, was the sin of this father regarding the upbringing of his daughter intentional or accidental? Alternatively, there are many Jews who willfully violate the Sabbath, but there is a halakhic concept of Tinok Shenishba, a Jewish baby who was raised among the Gentiles, who is not considered culpable for his sins because he was never taught Torah. Are these many Sabbath-violating Jews guilty of committing sins purposely or unintentionally? The line between chet, unintentional sin, and avon, intentional sin, is not always clear. There can even be ambiguity in the categorization of defiant or rebellious sins. According to the Ramah in Hilkos Shechita, Pasha includes sins that were performed through carelessness. The demarcation between Chet and Pasha can therefore be equally unclear. The sinner thus cannot accurately categorize his own sins. He therefore approaches God, noting that he, God, probes all our innermost thoughts and searches our minds and hearts. Only he knows what motivates our various sins, and therefore only he can properly classify them. Okay, so that's the Rav's answer, which I think is a beautiful answer, which is that it's true that you can categorize a sin based on your awareness of whether it was unintentional, intentional, or rebellious, but there's no guarantee that that classification is accurate. What you think is an unintentional sin uh, might really stem from intentionality, or what you think is a rebellious sin might really be unintentional based on the way that you were brought up, even though you consciously experience it as uh, as rebellious. So in thinking about this, I associate, again, this morning when I read the uh, the passage from Marcus Aurelius, uh, then uh, I thought of this explanation from the Rav, and I'll just read this uh, passage again now that we've read the Rav. Uh, Marcus really says, whenever you take offense at someone's wrongdoing, immediately turn to your own similar failings, such as seeing money as good or pleasure or little fame, whatever form it takes. By thinking on this, you'll quickly forget your anger, considering also what compels them. For what else could they do? Or if you were able to remove their compulsion. So... So what Marcus really is suggesting is when this person does, um, uh, uh, let's say, a willful act of wrongdoing against you, you should really frame it in a way where you realize that there is an, a dimension of, of unintentionality about it. In other words, this guy, let's say this guy, um, okay, let's, classic example. Let's say you're driving along and then um, uh, some uh, car behind you, 
you know, thinks that you cut them off and then they decide to retaliate by cutting you off, uh, you know, by driving in front of you in traffic really quickly. Okay. So this person, if you like were to ask them, did they do that intentionally? They would say yes. Okay. Uh, and certainly that is true. However, there is a dimension of unintentionality in it because this guy thinks <laughs> a, he thinks that, um, that being cut off by you is a, an evil or a bad. Okay. B, he thinks that retaliation is a good and therefore it's proper to retaliate. And C, he is blind to the fact that he's endangering both of your lives and the lives of everyone else who's driving in that area by his reckless uh, act of cutting you off in traffic. So this guy is really mistaken uh, in many ways. I'm sure there are more ways than that. And and if he were aware of of his mistake, he would not do this. He would. No one would intentionally endanger their own life um, for something that is not actually good. It's just that this guy thinks that this is actually good or he thinks that it's not a danger. So my point is that that there is an aspect of unintentionality in this guy's otherwise intentional act. So I think this is similar to the Rav's answer, but it's slightly different. Namely, that the Rav is saying that the reason why we say Khatasi, Avisi, Pishati, and we say all three categories is, is because we don't know which one it is. We don't know whether we're acting, whether we're sinning unintentionally, intentionally, or rebelliously. I'm suggesting based on Marcus Aurelius that it's not that we don't know, it's that there is an aspect of, of all three in every hate, that even when we sin intentionally, there is an aspect that is unintentional because if we really understood why this sin was detrimental, then we wouldn't do it. Uh, and similarly, there is a part of us that is uh, rebellious, even in the unintentional sins, uh, in the sense that we we uh, prefer to just operate based on our own, you know, uh, immediate sense of the good and the bad in defiance of any other system or any other stopping to ask, like, is this really good? You know, so I think that's a slightly different answer that in every hate that you do, there's a, there's an aspect of all three and therefore you're not confessing. It's not like you're, there's a suffix and you're being machmir. It's not like there's a doubt and you're being strict by mentioning all three types of hate, but rather in every hate, there are elements of all three. Okay. That's the idea. So let me know what you think. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are other answers to this question, but it's a question that comes up every uh, <laughs> every uh, uh, season for me. And uh, and now I have two answers, or really three answers, from the Kuntras, from the Rav, and from Marcus Aurelius. Okay, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zell and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbischneeweiss at gmail.com. Uh, oh, you know, I also am realizing I was just, uh, I, I'll probably make an official announcement about this later on, but uh, I was just notified that uh, I am no longer going to be on the Yeshiva's Zoom account. Uh, up until now, I've been relying on YBT's Zoom account for all of my Zoom uh, usage, um, and uh, there are some changes in plans, and because I'm going to be teaching at irregular hours uh, this year, uh, then there's a chance that I would 
my Zoom uh, usage would come in conflict with the yeshivas. So I've decided to, uh, starting in October, to break off from their Zoom account and uh, have my own Zoom account, which means that I need to pay for it. Um, I don't know how much it costs yet. Uh, I have to investigate which plan is best for me. But I think what I'm going to do, since uh, I am not the only one who benefits from my Zoom usage, I think I'm going to ask if anyone is willing to sponsor uh, my, uh, my zoom, uh, account. Uh, I think that is a reasonable request. Um, and, uh, and I, I assume that it would go on a monthly basis. So, you know, if a person wants to sponsor, uh, one month, that would be fine. If they want to sponsor, uh, you know, uh, more than one month, that is even better. Um, so I think I'll make an official announcement about that later on once I figure out what the prices are. I'm just mentioning it now in case you hear, uh, the end of the episode and you, uh, decide that, uh, sponsoring my zoom usage is a worthwhile use of your, uh, tzedaka. Okay. Um, Yes, so that is it. And uh, thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.